High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. Mostly dry with some patchy rain in places this afternoon. Highs of 15 to 18 degrees. And now you're up to date on News Talk. Thanks for that, Paul. You are listening to High Noon with Kira Kelly here on News Talk, and we have loads coming up for you in the next hour, including is climate change not as threatening as we once thought? Hmm, that's going to be very interesting. And we will, of course, have Barry Kenny in with us for Travel Tuesday. Do let us know what you think about all of those things. You can text us at 53106 at a uh, cost of 30 cent, or you can tweet us at High Noon NT or tweet me at Kira Kelly Doc. But on to something completely different. An academy in Great Yarmouth has revised its behaviour guidelines after parents complained that they were too strict. Students there were told they had to smile. They had to thank their teacher after class as part of a rule book that said teachers were to be considered as having, and this is an inverted commas as a quotation, unquestioned authority. But is there such a thing as being too strict? To discuss this now, I'm joined by Arthur Godsell, Director of Godsell Education and former Principal of St Andrew's College, and Brian Mooney, who's Guidance Counselor at Oakland's College and Education Columnist for the Irish Times. Gentlemen, you're both very welcome to the programme. Um, Arthur, I'm going to come to you first, if that's OK. This great Yarmouth College, they, uh, they've decided to revise their rule books. It's too strict. Standing and thanking and smiling and all of these, these sort of quite rigid uh, behavioural rules mm. uh, put on the children or, or the adolescents, as many of them would be. Do you think that they were right to, to, to sort of uh, make those rules a little bit more slack? Is that a bit over the top? Well, actually, uh, what, I, what I think is that um, in terms of rules generally, I mean, we, we have far too many rules for children. Uh, and to impose rules of that nature initially on them is completely uh, absurd. Uh, so the idea of relaxing it is obviously the right direction. But how far are they going to go in that direction? See, we consistently, we consistently look to the outputs in children and what they're doing as a result of, of many different environments and many different uh, influences. We don't, we don't look at the inputs. So the inputs are much more important. So if you go back in the day years ago, uh, you know, in, when we had stream classes, you've got A, A class, B class, C class, D class maybe. Where did most of the misbehaviour take place? It took place in the bottom streams because they never felt as if they were part of, this, of, the, of the environment, of society. They, never, they lived their lives on Ds and Cs. And as children, children today in this country living their lives on Ds and Cs, it's, we're not behaving properly to make sure that the children can actually succeed in the areas they want to succeed. Howard Gardner, the very famous educationalist, um, said you know, many years ago now, back in the 1970s, referred to eight intelligences. Schools consistently only look at two, numeracy and literacy. People like Ken Robinson, who's a great exponent of, of many other alternative types of education, talks about the idea of creativity being as important as literacy. So unless we actually get to the, the, the heart of the matter, which is the environment in which children live and learn, they will, there will continue to be discipline issues. And we consistently try to do the 90-10 rule, which is we make rules for everybody for 10% of students that don't behave. So I, I, I would be very, very conscious of not having rules in schools. Consequences, yes, absolutely. It's very important that children understand consequences of their actions. But it's much more important to have some simple little rule like, is that respectful, which covers everything, rather than all the, you know, so many late, you got so many detentions. That type of approach that, that highly... Um, so it's highly conditioned approach to discipline only turns children off. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to bring you you in here, Brian. Do you agree with Arthur? Do you think that rules are absurd? That there's too many of them? That we should be concentrating more on inputs than outputs? And that actually putting too much rules around a child creates an environment that is unsuitable for the majority. 
Um, well, I wouldn't agree totally with Arthur. I think it's very important that children are involved in a consultation process. And thankfully, in schools nowadays, there are classroom representatives. There are president and vice presidents of the student council. And they are involved in the decision-making process. But I think that there should be a consultation process. I'm over 40 years teaching now. And I remember an era in the 70s when it was cool to have no rules. And you got to a situation where you ended up with total chaos. And I remember a specific situation working with a group of students on a, a European school tour in which the person directing it felt we shouldn't have any rules. And, you know, first of all, you might have some fifth and sixth year drinking. Let's turn a blind eye to that. So when we ended up with first years and second years drunk on the bank of the Rhine, we began to say, OK, we need some rules here. And when the one of the teachers stood up in front of the children and said, here are the rules, Do you know, what the kids did. They clapped. They clapped because their children like to know where the boundaries are. Yes, they should be involved in the consultation, but they like to know which and operations like schools work on the basis of structure. We know what the rules are. I completely agree with Arthur, you know, that effectively we have to engage everybody. And yes, children have a whole range of intelligence, as Gardner says, and we need to tap into that. But ultimately being respectful, as you say, you know, being being polite, you don't, there's no cost to that. And I think to encourage that among young people is actually helping their growth and development. So you think boundaries, obviously, Brian, are very, very important. But what about this rule book in Great Yarmouth that, that, that uh, students had to smile at the teachers when they were talking to them, they had to thank them, they had to uh, look at their unquestioned authority, that there was a whole deference to teaching staff by students that was... Uh, well, if it's enforced, I, I would... I, I mean... Today, young people, when they finish a class, leaving the classroom, say thank you. It's just politeness. It's what they do. Maybe they've been encouraged. Maybe they've been told by their tutors, that's what you should do. The end, but the, nobody's going to pick a child up and say, come back here, you didn't thank me. But effectively, it is a positive environment if, in fact, young people, because ultimately, that is all part of the communication process. And I was talking to a CEO last week who said that one of the greatest problems they have nowadays is that with the advent of mobile technology, that young people are coming out with very, very poor communication skills. So even that interaction with teachers, teaching people how to effectively communicate in a mannerly way is, in fact, hugely helpful to their career development as well as their personal growth. What do you but, say to that, that well, Arthur? Brian is somewhat misinterpreted what I'm saying there. Of course, there has to be boundaries. I mean, there are limits to everything. Uh, my point but is, is boundaries not another word for rules, Arthur? No, um, no, no, absolutely not, because the, certain boundaries are absolute. Uh, drinking on the banks of the Rhine is just not allowed. He's, that's just that's a no-no. Any form of disrespect is not allowed. But the schools are, are conditioned by, you know, uh, if you get so many um, black marks, you get this, you get that, the other. Every child in every school acts out for a particular reason. And our job as teachers is to encourage them to change the behaviour of the child rather than the child. We, we, we don't want to concentrate on the actual personality of the child itself, we're concentrating on, on, on the behaviour. And if we look to ways in which we can resource uh, young people in terms of what they can do um, and their strengths, you'll find that very, very little issues take place in a school. So we, our schools are, are based around a deficit-based process. In other words, when you're bad at something or you're weak at something, they give you more of it. Whereas we always try to do something that's supporting what they can do. And that has a transformative effect on students. So it's, it's about climate development. Climate development is the single most important thing in terms of a school or any organization. And when you develop climate, and Brian talked about there a little bit about, uh, you know, maybe the tutor told him to say thank you. You don't have to get tutors to tell children to say thank you. When you have a modeling process in schools where the, the principal, the deputies, the yearheads, the teachers, the students themselves 
all begin to treat people in a certain way and model behaviour you want, they copy it. It's okay. not necessary to say it. Let, let us know what you think. We are talking about whether or not our, sh- our schools are too strict or should in fact be stricter. Text us at, at 53106. Let us know about your own experience maybe of schools or what you think your schools that are, 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 are your kids are attending to what they should be. Arthur, is there an argument for having a different sort of set of boundaries for the junior and the senior cycle? Because I remember being in school Absolutely. and I was... <laughs> I was in trouble a lot in school because I was a bit cheeky. I was considered cheeky, right? <laughs> Which doesn't surprise many people but nowadays. That, but but that, that's a very good sign, actually, because now you look where you are now. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. But here's the thing. In, in, I don't remember bucking as hard against the rules in school till I was in fifth and sixth year, by which yeah. time I have to say they grated on me terribly. Absolutely. And I yeah. resented them in a way I didn't when I was a first year. Yeah. Do, is, is that part of the problem that kids t- over the, the five or six years they go from kids to young adults and somewhere along the way they really need to be treated differently? It's a complete developmental process. In fact, discipline for one first year may be discipline for another first year. They all, they all develop at different levels and different rates and you're quite correct in saying that. Many schools will actually have sort of six-year colleges and it's quite popular in the UK where they have a completely different approach to how you deal with children at senior level because in a few months' time, they're going to end up in university. And so why are you telling them if they're late three times to get a detention or whatever you're saying to them? So you're quite correct in saying that. A developmental process is absolutely important. But we have to also remember, too, that I'm not a psychologist now and I'm not a medic, but the brain development of young people takes quite a while. And it, some people maintain it doesn't you know, develop until the, until the early 20s and early adulthood. Um, now, we have to know that as teachers because they they take time to make decisions, um, proper decisions, whereas the flight or flight response is almost instantaneous, whereas the, the reasoning one doesn't come in until much later on. Can I come, yeah, come in on what, what, what Arthur's saying there? There is, a, there is a huge need actually to actually develop that independent thinking among young people because the biggest problem we have is that because the system almost treats a first year the same as a sixth year, when they go into college, 20% of them fall apart because they have never learned to self-manage. Mm-hmm. And in fact, one of, the, one of the most positive things we've ever done in my lifetime in Irish education is introduce transition year, where they've got to go out and do work experience and community care programs and drama and, and they have to do first aid programs and sailing yeah, yeah. courses. And I've got, I've got a, a transition year myself at the moment. <laughs> so, and all of that hugely teaches them these self-management skills. And therefore, in fifth and sixth year, you're dealing with adults and you yeah. treat them as adults and effectively, you're treating them in a completely different way. But the, the, the actual system is designed in such a way in Ireland because it's a single system. One of the biggest problems is we have many young people now who are doing the Leaving Cert who are 18 plus. They're adults. We should actually be not even consulting their parents under yeah. data protection and yet the system can't you're, you're, cope you're, with that. You're both sort of saying the, the same thing largely but, but let's talk a little bit about what, what some people are texting in us mm. about sort of uh, what you might call stupid rules if you like. Hi, yeah. uh, totally agree there are too many uh, school rules. My son's uh, school has a uniform and no jewellery policy but what about coloured hair or fancy shaved haircuts. Come on, how can that cause a problem to other students? What about stuff like that? The stuff that they say boys take out, maybe even girls take out your earrings or don't cut your hair a certain way. Is that not a layer of just stupidity this, if you're 17 or 18? Sorry, I can remember, this actually can demotivate children highly. I mean, there was, uh, there's many examples where we uh, spend too much time on the, what they look like rather than what's inside their heads. Uh, children are very, very precious individuals and they get upset very, very easily. Um, they're, very, very, they're very conscious about how they feel. And we as, as teachers and educators in schools must concentrate on promoting their confidence, but proper confidence. 
and not just look at their outside. Parents. What would you say to that though, Brian? Because there are, I mean, I, I have uh, four kids and two of them are in <laughs> secondary school and you know, there are a lot of rules uh, mm. like my, my, my daughter was trying to sneak a bit of nail varnish in during <laughs> the week and I have to say those kinds of things wash over me as in I don't really care if she wears yeah. nail varnish or not so I, I don't really kind of go oh, take it off, take it off I kind of go did you get caught? Well, here's <laughs> I kind of say things like that wor- but are they silly rules, those rules? Here's the thing schools from time to time have these non-uniform days Yes and the worst problem is for girls in non-uniform days because my God what am I going to wear today? The best thing for any girl in a girl's school is that they're in uniform therefore there's no choice therefore you just put it on in the morning if you have to decide you know what it is I'm going to whether I'm going to wear layer varnish or not wear it what jewelry I'm going to wear now this let's morning. be careful that it we don't make girls layer. sound like complete Egypt here a whole layer. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly worried about where we're going with that I think I think young adolescent women are actually less less I think boys uh, and girls can, can wear what they want to wear most yes, of the time the yes, I don't think we want to stereotype yeah, that too much but but are is it is our to get because you both seem to be somewhat on the same page are we saying that there are some boundaries that are important and that it is but but is there a layer of stupid rules yes, out there in schools yes, that, that yeah. are enforced mm. that are underpinning the, the overall hierarchy of schools that we're the teachers and you'll do what we say but the but kids can blatantly I, see that some of these rules are nonsense. But I can give you an example say right I, I ran a school uh, for many years and uh, we had a uniform policy there as well but I worked out that somewhere in the region of maybe about 15% of students didn't wear their uniform correctly about 15% and yet we spent so much time trying to ensure that 15% managed to wear its uniform correctly, that we forgot about the 85% that were actually in, coming in every day in, in pretty much good uniform. So we do spend too much time on rules that aren't that effective. In, in, in many schools, they will get rid of uniform at senior level because, you know, it, it's a distraction to the actual job in hand. Brian, you hear, hear what Arthur's saying, 85% wear the uniform right anyway, 15 don't. Doesn't that kind of reflect society, that there's about 15% of us out there who maybe cruise around the edges of rules in general anyway mm. in life? Mm. And maybe there is scope in society to have people like that because people who push the boundaries, you know, they're but innovative, if you, if you they're say entrepreneurs, to that 15%, they're whatever. You don't have to wear the uniform. No, nobody's saying that, Brian. No, but if, no, I didn't say that. Yeah. I said, if you were to say that, why then would the whole thing would Why collapse. would you say that? Because, but I, I'm a guidance counsellor and, and a lot of the work that I would do would be possibly dealing with young people in scenarios where effectively even arriving in school in the mor- morning is a huge yeah, achievement. Yeah. Where effectively did you have dysfunction. Where no, you you're, have, you're absolutely right. But I, and I, therefore to be in uniform c- at all. But for a second, Brian, come back to the point because I, I don't think Arthur was saying that, 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 that we would say, OK, rules, the uniform doesn't matter. What we're saying is, is there's 15% of people who break irrelevant rules. Don't come down hard on them. 85 will, will continue to do that. But allow these kids to be slightly developmentally different because that's their personality. Well, there will always be I people th- who I push I think schools boundaries. do that. And I mean, if you, if somebody is blatantly breaking a rule because they're they're literally trying to take the system on and show to their mates they're taking the system on, then you give them a simple, you detain them for 20 minutes and they can leave 20 minutes later. Well, see, I, I don't agree with that, Brian. I don't agree this detention for we're not wearing uniform. There's no connection between the two at all. So if somebody's not wearing uniform, I might say to them, you know, that jacket's really nice. I might, I might even borrow it for the weekend if I can, but it's not uniform. Can you change it, please? Just ask them to change it. And mostly they will. And if they do, that's fine. But and mostly but, they do, Brian. Yeah. And, and if, if they, they don't, don't there's, there's if they very, don't, then there very, has to be a there's, sanction. There's okay, very, so if they don't, few. Brian, there has to be a sanction. If they don't, Arthur, what do you say? Well, yeah, well, they're children, first of all. They're growing up. We have to work and work and work with them. But obviously, if they're not wearing uniform, it comes to a point where I say, listen, you know, at this point in time, it's happened four or five times now. Uh, you, you, you have to wear uniform. So what I did 
yeah. schools. I actually, I actually got uniform in the school and rented it out them. That's yeah. what I did. L- lots of people getting involved <laughs> here. And, and Brian, this one is for you. Tell that fella, my daughter attends a co-ed, no uniform school. They all wear jeans and hoodies and there's no problems whatsoever. <laughs> and that's from Kevin and Galway. And Dervla says here, I am a grown up and I recently wrote to one of my teachers to thank her. She's now a principal in the school. And the next time I was in the school, she found me. She hugged me and told me she got that letter uh, on the one day she really needed it. I reckon thanking the teacher is, is getting it, it, it who's getting it right is worth it uh, and someone else says here what teachers say do not work in less wealthy areas students impress each other by being rude to teachers few students ever thank the teachers mm. question for you Arthur you're, you're very uh, lazy fair everything's okay but that's fine you worked in, 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 in what was the principal of St Andrews it's a, it's a wealthy fee paying school in Booterstown what about people who are in schools that where there are loads of behavioural difficulties that maybe they're in an area where the kids have, have a lot of difficulties in their background poverty poor resources and there may be difficulties in the home and they come in and act out in school. What about yeah. rules in those scenarios? Well, it's the same same process because if you really want to get through to young people, um, giving them more rules or giving them rules in terms of how they behave is not going to work in those circumstances either. What we need to do is we need to resource those children's strengths and spend time with them on a personalised education programme and spend some time with them trying to find out what they what they can do and how we can help them do that. And I can guarantee you, you won't have problems in schools if you can do that as well. Sounds marvellous. Brian, I'm going to leave you with the last word. Rules. Do we need more or do we need less? We need to we need to have a, rules in which children are in, engaged in the process of deciding what they are and we need to apply them in a sensitive way dealing with the individual child and the circumstances that may be creating the problems the child is manifesting. All right, listen, my sincere thanks there to Arthur Godsell and to Brian Mooney on whether or not rules are there to be broken or whether or not we should be adhering to them strictly. Coming up next, are we backtracking on climate change? Stay tuned.